The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 276 of On the Court of the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Vass, joined as always by the apologetic Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing? What is happening? I am not apologetic. I beat you, you sound. No. And, well, first uh, of all, before we even get into that, I said apologetic <laughs> because I'm, ha- I'm having a long, rough day. And it's okay oh, yeah. to be well, sad I feel, sometimes. I feel bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm not, I have no right. apologies for taking you down. No, no, no. We're going to get to and that. But I thought it was happened. funny that the last thing that I heard before we started was, I'm sorry, buddy. And I was like, oh, what is up? <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, guys, we have another uh, fun podcast today. Um, so many things to go over. What we will be doing is going through all six days ahead. We won't do Monday next week. I thought about that last week. Like We're going to do Tuesday through Sunday and always skip Monday. But literally, there are two games next Monday. There's two games, and two who knows games. if those are the actual starters. Um, right. So if you want but, to talk, just uh, just tweet at me about that stuff. Definitely check out the live streams I do in the morning, 9 to 11 a.m. on Twitch. Still doing those. But, uh, and yeah, to be honest, the majority uh, of people talk. are probably in their championship this week. Right. Uh, that was the idea. To, as, yeah. so, so I did the crazy thing, and I ranked every single game to each other. Like, literally, it's 172... Oh. <laughs> ranked starts for the week that is unbelievable so that's that's going to be that's going to be the bulk of what we're talking about today but before we get into that everyone likes hearing us talk about our fantasy leagues and last week as we mentioned in the cast after nick poo-pooed me disparaged me sullied my good name in the discord channel legacy league chat i made and scratched and clawed my way to the playoffs and we played each other and I mean, you know what? Why don't you give your side of the story? I'll give my side of the story. It ended in a tie. Nobody won. That's Nobody won. That's I played true. For that tie. I knew. No, no, no. I knew that that tie was in my favor, so I played for that. I didn't lose. Is all I'm saying. All right, you did. Because who? Okay, are you in the semifinals right now? Fast. Well, yes, because <laughs> I'm still waiting on a stat correction that oh, could right, happen, of course, of course, at any time over the next two yeah, weeks. Right, right. That all was right, a stolen base from Gene Segura, of course. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I. I mean, very quickly. I no, had the not best, very quick. I had Break the best down. Monday. I had the best Monday where I oh, uh, Manoa Manoa Wainwright. Um, Alcantara and Paulo Spino all all pitched on last Monday. I think returned one earned run and had a like a point four whip between them. 
Uh, so I essentially had one starting pitching from the beginning. Uh, yeah. You had more relievers. I kind of knew that. I only have Will Smith as my closer at the moment. So. I'll tell my side of the story, all right? You focus you know. on yours. So, <laughs> so all I was just praying is just something would happen on offense. And, like, I will say, my, my offense is easily my weakest part of my team. Uh, just has not gone the way you want, blah, 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 no excuses. And I don't know, feeling pretty good going to the weekend. I actually live on the stream fast. You don't know this. Friday morning. I literally made pickups because I knew what you would do, which you did do, which is you were going to stream heavy on Sunday trying to beat me in strikeouts and or wins. I knew that's what you were going to try to do. So what I did on Friday for Saturday is picked up Jordan Lyles and Dylan Peters, who would be the two most popular ones to go on Sunday just so you couldn't. Now, of course, Dylan Peters was pushed to Monday, which really stunk for me. And then I didn't I didn't really care about actually using Lyles. I just didn't want you to just throw it at the wall. So I went ahead and dropped him. And I had the the wherewithal to know I was going to win on Sunday. So just for the heck of it, I was like, all right, I'll drop Jordan Lyles for Shane Baz because whatever. I'll, I'll just get that because I'm not going to start Jordan Lyles. And uh, might as well, when I win, I have at least the option, which I'm not doing, by the way. I'm not actually going to start Shane Baz, but I want to just be like, eh, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Um, and uh, and so I started Espino. I started I uh, we had I lost my Joe Ryan start that forever we thought I was gonna get didn't get that clung on the entire day and uh, you know I did I only got one win between Espino and Alcantara and uh, and Shohei Otani just one win mm-hmm. and I won that was great who was Espino right Espino oh, Espino got it against Rocky Road it was let's, wonderful guys let's start <laughs> from the top okay. <laughs> The very first week of the season, I play Nick Pollock. I decide not to throw Lance McCullers Jr. because I'm doing really well in ERA and whip. He's got a great game. I end up losing a category because of it. And then I still win the week because of average. Oh, wait. No, I don't. don't. I lose the week because of a stat correction on Monday. That's very important because I believe. uh, Well, actually, no, no, it doesn't matter because it 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 actually comes to opponent's record. It would have been it would be either that or seed. Oh, yes. Seed essentially is the same thing. So I would have still beaten you fast. No. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, um, no, maybe not, because then I would. I think we might have had the same wins, right? No. Did you have two more wins than me or one? No, probably one. Either way. So either way, there's that. There's that. But this is just to show you why, like, so every so week that matters. One, so that one Lance McCullers start back in April is still haunting you today. No, no, it's no. The stat correction. The stat correction and that. Yeah. Sure, both yeah. of which, both of I mean, which are, are don't absolutely Don't the haunting. stat correction. The stat correction was the correct thing. No. You know, it just happened to Terrible be sport. what you're looking at it, you know? Either way, I claw back. We get to the playoffs. You're right. I'm walking into the week. You already sometimes it's nice when that happens because I say to myself, look, I'm not going to get ERA and whip. So now you're saying that the entire week you're like, oh, I'm going to lose. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to lose. Well, so but then I had to pivot midweek because I noticed you weren't picking up any saves. So what did I do? I, I streamed unarguably the best closer of the week in Chris Stratton, who picked up like 19 saves. I also had so I ended up streaming Chris Stratton. Uh, I picked up Michael Givens the week before, and then I also got Joe Barlow. Closers for really poor teams that ended up getting me saves. I felt that was great. Coming into the final day, all I really needed to do was get a, a, a stolen base, right? And but you did. what ended up happening, and I did. I did end up getting that stolen base. Well, I, actually, I'm getting too far ahead of myself. You are correct. I did not want to go for wins. I thought that was too far gone, to be honest. I just it wasn't even thinking about it. It was unbelievable. It. You, got, you got three out of four 
wins on that final day. You were down five to two. And 100%. you tied me in wins, but then Eric Lauer almost had the win fast. So, yeah. So I stream <laughs> Eli Morgan, Willie Peralta. Uh, I have Eric oh, Lauer. And then I also stream, who was the last person? Um, uh, the, you're sorry, you had a good, decent one. That, that was like your Yeah, Eli guy. Morgan, Willie Peralta. No, 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 no. You had one that was like, oh, Herman Marquez? No, no so I had Lucas had, Giolito. Lucas Giolito, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, 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 I had Lucas Giolito. And then at the end of the day, yes, I. so it comes down to, oh, I, I, I'm I, probably not going to win stolen bases because Nick gets a stolen base from Frank Schwindel, who yes, steals Frank. the first base of his career yesterday. <laughs> the first base of his career, he decides to steal it on that day. So, so then boy, all of a sudden, I'm down two stolen bases. Okay, swindled. Two stolen bases. I got swindled. So that, but then, hey, Eli Morgan, game of his life. He gets the W. Uh, 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 oh, Eric really? Lauer, he he's pitching Killing really it. well. Lucas Giolito, they're up five to one. Willie Peralta, Willie like Peralta. shuts out Seven the race. Seven innings. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Oh, I'm also like two strikeouts away. Shohei Otani pulls that away. It comes yeah. down to Brad Boxberger. Can he put away? Wilson can Contreras. he put away Wilson Contreras? I watched this entire episode. Oh, I, I did too. It on. was so great. He so shook good. off Omar Narvaez so many times, and all he wanted to do was throw a fastball that he could not command. No, that he could not command. And you got to Contreras. He was fouling stuff off. He was he was fighting. He, but maybe he wouldn't have been if Brad Boxberger would have listened to his catcher mm. and thrown a changeup. Like it was unbelievable. He Fast, had him. We'll, we'll get we'll get Eric. Sorry, we'll get Brad Boxerberger on the talking pitching podcast, and he can explain himself. I'm, that he's not, he's not ready for me. I don't, <laughs> I'm sure he, I'm sure he doesn't want to talk about that game either, and I don't, I don't blame him. And I, I don't think he knows the ramifications. So uh, push comes to shove, they put up. Uh, meanwhile, he he walks. The next yeah. guy up hits a single. That scores Wilson Contreras from first base. Wilson Contreras, I guess, one of the fastest catchers in baseball. Um, is he? Yeah, he's up there. Um, I think so. He's fast. Uh, so that goes by the wayside. But then Tyler O'Neill at the same moment, it seems. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So such you guys got to understand, fast only needs to do his tie with the one thing and he wins. Because if it's a tie between us, then I win. So it was like a chase of strikeouts at first, which was so close. And then finally, yep. Otani went and got it. Giolito was... Only got four strikeouts between your guys, not so many. And then I was like, wait, you can get wins. You've All four of you guys get it. I only have one, and you're going to tie it there, and then you'll lose that one. So then it's back to stolen bases. Then Tyler O'Neill gets this, and now we're back. And now we're back. Down to Gene Segura. Gene Segura, I have one player left coming into <laughs> last night. It's Gene Segura, who happens to get on base last night more than any other person. I don't think anyone else got on base more than Gene three Segura. Four, right? Uh, he, yeah, he went three for four, either three for four or two for three with two walks or something like he got on base every single time. But he only I believe he only reached base once with a base open ahead of him. Yes. And that was, I think, the, his second plate appearance. Yeah. And obviously, you're not going to send Gene Segura with a lefty up and with Bryce Harper up. You're just not going to do it. And then whenever JT Realmuto came up, uh, there was a moment where JT Realmuto came up. What was it? It was like one was strike. It was two outs. Um, it was two outs in a, a one-two pitch. And I was telling fast. We're like going back on Discord about this because this is the funniest thing ever to me. That like we've cared so much about this Gene Segura real muto at bat. And I realized it's two strikes, two outs. If as long as Rich Hill throws a strike, there's no way that Segura can get a stolen base at this point. Mm-hmm. And he actually goes. He went, I think, on a one-two pitch. On a one-two, he went. 
<laughs> he went. Real Mitchell fouled it off. <laughs> now, Real Mitchell fouled off a strike. So there's that makes you feel a little bit better. He fouls sure. off a strike to stay yeah. alive, which makes you feel a little bit better because maybe there was a hit and run or something. Right. Um, but yeah, then he, what made the it even worse is so he bad. just kept, he kept, oh, so bad. And that's the thing. I'm screaming <laughs> at the television because Rich Hill is throwing 68 well, miles okay, yeah, an hour. Wait, I, I, I mean, I think you understand, but still, as a lefty, you know, uh, yeah, Rich Hill, it, it makes it harder for Segura to go unless it's a hit and run where you're seeing daylight. And that might have been what that the situation right was. It's 100% the right call. I can't fault Gene Segura for not going. It's 100% <laughs> the right baseball move. But what was frustrating is then every time a reliever came in, Gene Segura came in with a man on in front of him. Right. And so now Frank Schwindel and Brad Boxberger are the reason I am yep. not in the next round of the playoffs. Now, listen, if last night the Ravens would have lost, I would have been much more upset. But I also I, didn't lose. We tied 5-5. Five to five. Uh, Well, you lost because you're not in the next round. Lost is a strong hey, word. Hey, you know what? Fast, just be better. <laughs> <laughs> that is very good. Oh, uh, as you man. can tell, Nick I and I had I a lot of fun this. with this. Oh, it was no, fast. It was and it, it means now, of course, that we're doing a three-hour uh, Mario Kart stream in the off-season. So uh, oh. enjoy that one. Uh, we're going to do that. I'm going to take him down a second time. I can't no, wait. No, I, I cannot I show really, my face in public. I really cannot wait right now. Honestly, I just thought the Ravens lost because it was that kind of day for you. And, no, no, no. Uh, I'm glad that they won for your sake. I was overjoyed. I was ex- really anticipating 0-2. Two, oh two. I scared my dog. Uh, I'm down in Maryland. I got to watch in Maryland, and it was, man, really just beautiful. So I didn't lose anything yesterday. I tied. I won. Uh, I'm go. feeling pretty good. Um, with that said, you got 10 minutes of us chit-chatting yeah, about what. That. I mean, it really, it was <laughs> epic. It was really epic. It was hilarious um, to me. Because, like, the entire time, I didn't actually think I would ever lose this. I really didn't. It, it, it was just the odds of like, okay, Gene Sergur getting a stolen base. Like the odds of that are not high. The, the idea that the, you were going to get four wins to my one in one day with Lauer and and uh, Peralta, <laughs> really Peralta and Morgan, like and Julito. I was like, this is not gonna Morgan happen. against Garrett Cole. Unreal. <laughs> Absolutely unreal. And, and it I, really, ugh. it just felt like the, the universe wouldn't allow this. And you know what's so, even worse? I think it was. I think it was first and second in a two to one game with um, uh, Eduardo Escobar had just reached base. It was Christian Yelich and someone else for the Brewers, and they couldn't oh, yeah, they convert. An yeah, I remember watching. They this. couldn't like, come on. Oh yeah, it was unbelievable. Was, was and then they great. were. Oh. <laughs> they were like, and I, I, I knew they weren't the going to win. Everybody listening clinched. to this, I know all of you have been through this moment in the playoffs yeah. before. Wait, comes down to the Sunday night game or something, where just this so absurdly close and the fact that 160 days have gone by and this is the one thing that matters it decides everything is absurd and i think baseball to a t so it was fun fast but you know what you'll always be searching for that platypus i will i will always be searching yeah if you don't know that that's the award we give out to the staff league winners it's a pitcher list award that you pulverized us like you send them a plush platypus and I have one already fast. Yes. And um, you don't. So uh, I don't. I'm just happy to be here. You might uh, you might win tout. I might win tout. I am. I am. I think six or seven points ahead of second place with two weeks remaining. I got a little you bit. Got this. Uh, I got a little bit screwed over in, in, in my acquisitions, but it's OK. They do something where it's like 
you can't make any changes until Monday. But if you drop someone, it's you. it doesn't queue. Like, you, no matter what, if you drop someone, it's instantaneous, despite the fact that you can't do anything else with that person. And sure. I was like, oh, I'm going to sub in Jesse Winker because he came back from the IL. I'm going to take Dalton Varsho out. Then I had to drop Dalton Varsho. Jesse Winker goes right back on the IL uh, literally the next day. Uh, but yeah, now I, I have an, I have 94 points. Second place has 86 in Al Melchior, but it's anyone's game. Get it. Get it fast. Get it. I'm All pulling right, we'll for you guys it. an update, obviously, in two weeks. But enough of this. It's 15 yeah. minutes now. And oh, yeah, uh, we yeah. have, we've got to talk about the starters for the week, okay? Yeah. Okay. And thanks for thanks for going through that with all of us guys. That was that was fun for us. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed it. Yes, but now we are here at the bulk of what we're going to talk about today. So as Nick said, we're going to start on Tuesday. We're going to go through everyone. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to skip all of the auto starts. I'm going to read them, but we're not going to talk about them. Sure. Okay? Yeah. I'm going to read them, well, but we're not going to talk about them. There's one we need to talk about, and it's at the okay. bottom of all the auto starts. About okay, so it's at the very last day for all the auto starts. It's like, you know, the big table with all the auto starts on it. It's literally the last person on that list. And that's Trevor Rogers against the Nationals going tomorrow. I I understand two things. One, the Nationals aren't as bad as we're treating them. They've been kind of better than I've wanted them to be uh, when trying to stream against them. And two, Trevor Rogers hasn't gone six frames in a long time. Uh, I'm, I'm making Rogers an auto start here because I feel the floor is high enough. Um, and the stuff isn't actually as bad as it would suggest as of late for Trevor Rogers. I feel he's, it's just some kind of a matter of time before he cracks out of it. And I feel, uh, if you, if you have Rogers on your team, you are starting him against the nationals. This isn't priming him for a six, seven earned run game. Of course, now he's going to do that, but you understand. I don't think that's in order for Rogers and the ceiling is high enough that you should. Yeah. If you have him, you're not going to say, ah, I'm not going to start him now. You're going to start Trevor Rogers still. Yeah, at this moment, who is the Nationals uh, uh, shortstop? I have no idea. That's a cardboard cutout. Yeah, it is the oldest shortstop in baseball. Uh, oh, I see and he's Escobar. He's, yeah, yeah. And he's hitting second. Uh, then you have uh, Carter Keeboom, uh, Jordy Mercer. I just went to a, a, a Nationals game. And, yeah, Lane Thomas, uh, Carter Keeboom. It's not the most potent offense in the world at the moment. Um, now here's what I want to know from you, Nick. So uh, if you haven't checked out the list that came out today, it is, man, I thought two weeks ago was the Opus. This is, this is the sequel to the Opus, uh, (laughs) Optimus Prime. Uh, now what do you, there's two different lists that we can do. We could do day by day by day, or we could do day by day. I think that's best. So, all right. Cause all right. So I'm going to skip the auto starts, but I'm going to read them. As I said, so this is Tuesday, Brandon Woodruff, Gaussman, Manoa, Urias, Musgrove, and Rogers as just hinted are all auto starts. So we're going to go through the probable starts here. And these really make sense. Molly and then uh, against Pittsburgh, Jose Arquiti at the angels, Cal Quantrill. So you're going to go ahead and just keep cooking with him versus oh, yeah. the Royals. All right. Cal Quantrill. Anyone that has Cal Quantrill it, fight them to make them mm-hmm. not start Cal Quantrill right now. Right. Nicoderm CQ, you're not ready to wean off of that yet. That's a <laughs> that is very lovely. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, Stroman, and those are also two probable starts going against Texas and Boston, respectively. Yeah. Stroman just high enough of a of a ceiling there, and he's been pitching well enough that you're not really scared of Boston. Yeah, that those two there, Stroman against uh, Boston and Eduardo Rodriguez on the other side uh, going against the Mets in that game. Those two are actually at the very bottom of the probable starts for the week. 
Uh, I'm a little bit scared of Strowman against the Red Sox, but I do recognize that Slider has performed well recently. And he actually had some splitter working uh, a decent amount as well. I think it's good enough. He's, he's, he's showcased a good enough floor over the past month that you're still going to throw him there. Uh, while Eduardo Rodriguez, his four-seamer in general, has been excellent. And the Mets haven't really posed a major threat uh, over the past month or two. Uh, so I feel you're kind of safe with that as well. But they're not these, uh, you know, he's not, yeah, you don't, you don't feel like you're coasting like you are with Cal Quantrill or Jose Arquiti. And even Tyler Molly, it's, you might be wondering why against Pittsburgh he's not an auto start. It's because he's home. And mm-hmm. he's the only pitcher, say for anyone on like on the Rockies, where I treat home in a way different for, um, differently. And he's he's just terrible at home. He allows so many home runs, even though it's Pittsburgh. It's so dramatically different that he's just a probable start as opposed to an auto start hosting the Pirates in Cincy. Yeah, I also feel like we've seen Pittsburgh in past weeks be like, just mess up a pitcher every once in a while. Like I every mean, once Josiah in a while. Gray doesn't count. Yeah, there was Josiah Gray, but I thought there was someone else. Did they also get to Edward Cabrera a little bit? Maybe sure. I'm crazy. Yeah, um, but it's not an auto uh, 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 by any stretch of the means. But with a guy like Molly in that upside, it's a pretty easy decision. So I, I get one thing I wanted to say about uh, about Erod. I mean, obviously we've seen volatility, right? We've seen you know the one and run against the Mariners, which is great. But then we've seen six against Tampa Bay. We saw five against Texas a few weeks ago at the end of August there. But I think for me personally the upside is enough and it's early enough in the week that if it does turn into that five or six earned run in a in a categories you could probably still make up for it in the other categories you know what i mean i'm more prone to yeah. take risks earlier sure. unless of course the guy you're streaming against has four pitchers go on a monday and they give up one earned run and strike they don't five call me people. the pitcher list for a nothing fast <laughs> says the guy that has like one pitcher going the first two days this week okay yeah um, you want to know something crazy what do you think nah. Eduardo Rodriguez's ERA is right now? Uh, four thirty-eight. Yeah, it's five hundred one. Wow. And a one thirty-eight whip. And I, I'm I'm saying this just don't. It doesn't matter. I I I often don't care about ERAs and whips in season. The only times I do is when it's dramatically good that I have to maybe be a little bit more aware of them performing better than I expected. But uh, in general, I'm a stuffist. Um, I think that's a you know phrase, but I, I'm yeah. like that too. Um, and where I where I feel with Eduardo is very much about yeah that six earned runs against the Rays. It's the Rays. He also did really well against them in the previous outing, six six innings of zero earned runs, and then he also went against Seattle recently, one earned run, six innings, six Ks, had that fastball working again. I uh, yeah, I, I think it's fine. Don't worry about those ratios. He's a probable start for me. I think you can get a win here for Eduardo. It's worth your time. Uh, great. The questionable starts. We're looking at Josh Rogers at Miami, Griffin Jacks at Chicago, Paul Blackburn at Seattle, and Marco Gonzalez against Oakland. So what do you know about Josh Rogers? <laughs> what? Hey, <laughs> you, have a, you have a minute to talk to me, our good Lord and Savior, Josh Rogers. Uh, <laughs> I, I know that he is a pitcher for the Nationals. I know he's got like great. pretty much... A, a three pitch mix, and I think it's like four seam slider and change, right? Yes, uh, uh, yeah. and that's pretty he much really it. Throws curveball. He used to in the past, kind of 2019, but doesn't hasn't this year. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> what if I told you that his highest swing strike rate pitch was a slider, and it had a 9.2 percent rate? Uh, I'll take not great, Bob, for 500. 
Yet here I am saying, hmm, Josh Rogers against the Marlins. Yeah, he's going to be my streaming pick of the day because he did it last week. Uh, he went five innings, six Ks, one hit, zero in runs, one walk. And I think this is more about the Marlins just being so, so bad yeah. than it is actually Rogers being worth your time. Uh, so I think he can go another five innings, maybe two earned runs this time instead of zero. Probably not six strikeouts. But Josh Rogers I, is a little bit more interesting to me than Griffin Jacks, who has a little bit more strikeout upside, has flashed it a couple times, had that 10 strikeout game against the White Sox. And it's still just in my head that if he gets the volume now, there is an opportunity for Jacks to go six, seven strikeouts against the Cubs. But uh, I would lean Josh Rogers just a little bit more. Uh, as he's uh, it's so pedestrian, but it kind of works. What's crazy to me about Rogers is the, the the pitch efficiency. This is a guy who hasn't even hit 90 pitches in any outing yet, but five and two thirds, six and two thirds and in five innings. That last outing against Miami, five innings on 73 pitches is kind of insane. It is really not. See, he's essentially a Toby uh, and a lot of Toby's pitched the contact a decent amount. Um, that's why he's a 17 percent strikeout rate. Josh Rogers just has a 24% CSW, too. Generally, we see those Tobies have a lower one because they're not getting the whiffs. They're not going deeper into counts. They're being efficient, getting their outs early. So uh, against the Marlins, that's a good bet to make because they don't have too many guys that can punish you. Um, all right, I want to move on to the uh, the do not start. So we're going to start with a guy who we got some flack for not loving enough, uh, and that is Drew Rasmussen, who in his last start against Toronto, I mean, listen, his last two starts against Toronto and at Boston, both of them on the road. Toronto arguably, maybe even unarguably, the hottest offense in baseball right now. Over those two starts, 10 innings pitched, one run, eight hits, one walk, five Ks. But even in that start against Toronto, to kind of answer the question that I'm already asking, 52 pitches over five frames, I just don't get the impression that Drew Rasmussen is, uh, you know, is going to continually go the distance. And while it seems that the individual parts are really exciting, that Arsenal can be really exciting, that four-seamer can be really, really nice, uh, it just doesn't seem like, it seems like there's a lot of volatility there. If he does get hit, then he's out in the fourth with two strikeouts and three earned runs or whatever, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, this is a very raised thing. Um, they have they have Rasmussen who throws 96, 97 at times. Actually averages 97.2 on that heater this year, which is crazy good. But he doesn't have a deep repertoire whatsoever. Um, the slider, I don't talk about plus percentage often. If you guys don't know what that is, it's a stat I came up with that takes all of CSW, combines it with, uh, with foul balls and balls in play that are outs. Essentially saying, hey, here's all the positive things, the plus things for them. So what percentage of this pitch type returns the really good thing that they want. And generally, we see it hovering around 50%. If it's above 50%, you should feel a little excited. If underneath that, it's like, okay, it's fine. His is really low. We're talking like a 38%. That's actually one of the lowest I've seen on a number two pitch. Uh, Maybe the lowest. And that's because, I mean, he just doesn't have enough command of it. So he's really just a four-seamer guy. And Rasmussen doesn't go more than five, I think, because of that. The race, say, look, you've got a really good fastball, and that can deal with guys maybe once or twice, but definitely not the third time. Absolutely not. We won't risk that. And you pretty much have a hard cut at five innings. So mm. that already caps his ceiling a lot. I can't put you in auto start. Regardless, if you only go in five innings every time, you have to be, I have to trust that you are the best one out there. Otherwise, you're probably start then. Because you only going do so well. In five frames. Then you throw in 
the fact that he's going against the Jays here. So he doesn't Again. even have time. Let's say he messes up the let's say he messes up the whip or something like that. He just he can't, you know, he can't reclaim it. Maybe going six or so to get even out the ratios. He hasn't had a game above five strikeouts yet. Uh, you're really being hyper reliant on the earned runs being low for this, and you can get a win. That's a possibility. He did go get a win last two starts, but five innings is the minimum of it. It's a it's the lowest possible chance you can give yourself to get one. And I just think it's just not worth the squeeze here. So Rasmussen is in the top of the do not start because of that. Yeah, definitely kind of the fine line between nice pitcher, fun pitcher, not a fantasy asset really right. for you. Right. You know, uh, if I had a better slider, I might be a little bit more excited about it. But because it, it's just like 97, here you go. Then it's yes, yeah, just not enough. This is tangential, but listen to a clip that was very high up on the the baseball subreddit today about the tangent that Matt Viscursion and and and. Uh, and Alex Rodriguez went on today, and it got me curious to look at who, which teams had the most innings pitched from starters and which team had the most innings pitched from relievers. Mm. And it was the perfect example of why accumulative data sets like that can often tell completely conflicting stories, right? Because the Rays have the most uh, innings pitched from a reliever. Can't say right? I'm surprised and- about that, nor anyone listening. Not at all, right? The Dodgers had the most sixth most innings pitched from a starter. Okay, that was a little bit shocking to me. That was actually Uh, the the first team I thought of of who that would be. Really, for highest up in starters? Yeah, it'd be like Chicago White Sox and maybe even Marlins uh, would be the other two, or Cleveland would be the other three. Yeah, I I can take a look at who the exact ones were. But the thing that the, the the reason I brought it up was the top three in reliever pitchers excuse me innings from relievers per team the rays number one as i said followed by san diego and then baltimore and that's say, three com- yeah that's three <laughs> completely different stories that you right, cannot right. make a one clear narrative out of you know what i mean for tampa it's clearly strategy let's have our let's have our entire what did he call them our entire uh stable, stable. of arms yep yeah let's have our entire stable and let's just lean on that for baltimore it's for the love of god <laughs> We do not have starting pitchers. The top teams for (laughs) starters, uh, number one, I I remember who number one was. Number one was Oakland, um, which makes sense, too. Yeah, right. Uh, Then Houston. Then this is kind of shocking. Number three was Cincinnati. Man, I'm getting Um, this completely wrong. Then the White Sox. Then the Brewers. The Brewers is also quite fascinating. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 (laughs) Yeah, it is interesting stuff. But the point is, there's no real through line. Uh, Each team has its own narrative. Um, You also seem to have a narrative about your loving relationship with Daniel Lynch. Look, I mean, don't go away. He said, do not start. He's literally says, do not start. But he's not low enough on do not start. John Lester. John Lester has been better than Daniel Lynch. Yes, he has been better. That is correct. This is not a list of has been better. Okay. <laughs> Look, I mean, I don't think you should be starting any of these. I, uh, Daniel Lynch is above Alec Mills against the Twins and Antonio Sensatella against the Dodgers. And Sensatella, I think with the last roundup, did really he did really well again in terrible circumstances. And I, I think I just said, I don't know, and shouted it as I left <laughs> my desk. That's what it is. Right. And and John, come on, it's John Lester against Milwaukee, who's actually messed up a lot of guys lately. Brad Boxberger. Oh, my God. That is Milwaukee. 
I know. He's messed up. He's a, he's a guy Fast. that has messed up. Fast. <laughs> Trying to make a point here. Sorry. Go on. Um, Lester has done well against the Reds on the road twice. Mm. That's what you're thinking of. Uh, and the Reds are not good against the lefties unless it's half the time as J.A. Happ. Um, so it, it's... I wouldn't really want to start John Lester in the slice. Dallas Keiko's been terrible, Luke Weaver, etc. So, yeah, I'll take the chance that Daniel Lynch puts it together against Cleveland more so than those very, very pedestrian options. Now, I am a little surprised that Alec Mills versus Minnesota couldn't make it into the questionables. Is that right? You would you would start Mills or maybe you would heavily consider it. I would consider Mills more than I would consider Daniel Lynch solely because he's just meh, and you know you're going to get meh. Obviously, that last start against the Phillies wasn't great. He couldn't even get, you know, went four and two-thirds. I think he got a total, he got fewer than eight whiffs. Uh, he got a good amount of called strikes, but still four and runs with just one walk and four Ks. But I still think Philly packs more of a punch than Minnesota does. I don't think it's the worst. I don't oh, think really? it's the worst. I don't know if Philly, do, uh, Cleveland does not pack more of a punch than Minnesota to me. Cleveland does not pack more of a punch than Minnesota. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you can make that argument, yeah, but I feel like Daniel Lynch has been so perpetually bad that I just <laughs> won't do it. I he has hints every start of of slider whiffs and everything, high CSWs and everything. It's. I feel like it's a case of, I don't know, it just hasn't worked yet. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me read the rest of the do not starts for those who are listening to. So we've already done Rasmussen, Lynch, Alec Mills, Antonio Sensatella, Lester Keichel, Weaver. That's Luke Weaver, Mitch Keller, Chris Ellis, Dane Dunning, Tyler Alexander, oh, Packy Naughton, uh, Bryce Elder, and Adonis Medina. Yeah. Wait, um, who, what other Weaver would it be? Uh, Luke Weaver as opposed to Sigourney? the Dream Weaver. <laughs> the Dream Weaver. How could you forget? Yeah, Ripley's playing and pitching for the for the Diamondbacks now. We, we're it. thinking about maybe doing that as our as our Halloween costume this year, as our like couples Halloween costume, dressing up Tokyo as a uh, xenomorph. Um, if anyone out there can help me decorate a xenomorph costume for a dog, my Twitter is at AlexFest8. I need the help. Wow. Okay, I normally do a pun costume. Yeah, that is based on my name. Because I, I'm someone who just, I, will, I know I can get away with that and not actually make the massive effort to put on a costume and just like wear that oddly the entire night. Like, for example, I went to, uh, I think like two years ago, my friend spent all this money. To, it looked great. Fantastic costume. You know, Samuel Jackson from Marvel had the, uh, the eye patch, the duster and everything. Like, he looked good, right? Mm-hmm. As, as Nick Fury. So I put on, I, I put on, fox ears okay and i was nick furry uh, that's great and that's, that's really that was my good. entire costume that's really good that's so, really good that, I like that's that what lot. i do every year and i i'm not gonna i i applaud you for trying no, no, to do we a do, theme and we like do actually, pun, we usually do puns we did two years ago or a couple years ago we dressed as pea pods and then we put casts all over our arms so we were podcasts uh and then we also like dressed we dressed as I like that uh, so much. <laughs> we dressed as state rangers, uh, and then put the power sign on us uh, and held little uh, cords, and we were the Power Rangers. Anyway, yeah, everyone's getting a real good sense of our personalities <laughs> today. That's for sure. But uh, sometimes people like this. Yeah, there you um, go. All right, we did it, Nick. We 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 talked for thirty minutes, and we got to 
Wednesday. Wow, we uh, might go a little bit long on this podcast. <laughs> it's nice. Um, all right, so the auto starts, we know it's Wheeler, Bueller, Castillo, Sale, and Ian Anderson. Is Sale going to give you more than one strikeout? Who knows? It doesn't I mean, matter. I'm not facing you anymore, so he'll be. He'll do so it So he will. So, well, Ian Anderson, that curveball's back. You're feeling pretty good. So let's move into the probable starts. We're going to start with Alex Wood against San Diego. Is it just the fact that he's still kind of working his way up from the COVID IL? Yeah, he didn't throw too many pitches in the last start. There's a little bit more of a concern of, hey, are you going to be able to go 5-6 or not? Or what's the situation? It was fine last time. It wasn't the greatest Alex Wood, but he's I think he's in a good enough place. And I'm not too terrified of the Padres right now. Yeah, I I don't know if it's just going to be like where they kind of fizzle out or they just have one big explosion for the next two weeks, considering that heated conversation they had in the dugout. But yeah, it has not been pretty for them. Joe Ryan loved this choice going up against a weak Chicago team who he did pretty well against in his debut, going five innings pitched with three earned runs, one walk and five Ks. Since then, he has faced Cleveland both times back to back and handled them pretty well. Uh, I believe he worked 12 innings pitched with one earned run total and nine Ks. You like Joe Ryan. I do. I, I also am annoyed that he got uh, a comebacker to his wrist in his last start because he could have gone like seven in that game. I um, mean, that's the only reason why he threw 67 pitches. So don't really worry about the pitch count, too, against the Cubs. Uh, Samuel Sato, one of our awesome writers here, does uh, the legitimate test. That is like, is it legit, essentially? But he does calls it the legitimate test. It's great. It talked about Joe Ryan. Um, and uh, talked about the good movement he gets on his fastball. Pretty much is on this, on board with Joe Ryan. I am too. He has an excellent schedule the rest of the year. Uh, so get on the Joe Ryan train. You, you'll you'll enjoy this. Now I'm a little bit surprised that this next guy is not in the questionable start tier because as you've written about showing signs of fatigue, he's gotten hit by the Angels already. He's gotten hit by the Rangers in that next start. He just has not looked like his dominant self, and that's Luis Garcia going up against the Angels. So okay, two things. One, I don't think the Angels are that good that you'll get punished again. Uh, despite all this slowing down, he hasn't allowed more than four and runs since uh, since August 1st. And that was the only time he did it was uh, on September 11th was the only four and run start there. And the last one was against Texas where he all of a sudden became the starter a day early because Framber Valdez was scratched. So I I get a sense that there was uh, you know, it could have been a case of I didn't know I was going to start itis. Sure. And that that's an issue at times. Yes, he's also thrown 144 innings. He could be fatigued at this point. I think it's a case of I think the floor is high enough that you won't get burned. Like This won't be a six, seven earn run starter or so. And the ceiling is good enough. That, I mean, he's been productive a lot more than he's been harmful. I still think it's worth your time. All righty. Uh, the last three people to ra- uh, to uh, finish up this probable start for Wednesday are Flexen against Oakland, Eliezer Hernandez against Washington, and Corey Kluber against Texas. Is he in the probable start because of the weak opponent? I mean, Kluber also came out and had his best cutter in ages mm-hmm. uh, last time out, um, and I-, I feel pretty good about this. He went against Cleveland in that start. Looked great. Gets Rangers. Yeah, if you have Corey Kluber right now, you should feel very encouraged about this. All right. Questionable starts. We're looking at Cole Irvin, Seattle, Carlos Hernandez at Cleveland, Reynaldo Lopez at Detroit, Adrian Hauser, St. Louis, Herman Marquez at the Dodgers. How dare you put Reynaldo Lopez in the questionable start after the the literary spanking you gave him in the SP roundup a couple of days ago? That was brutal. I heard he read it and cried. 
Okay. All right. Fast. I it w- I'm surprised it took me this long to do Pez dispenser um, <laughs> as a pun. Personally, yeah. I'm also just soaking this in right now. How slowly you're listing the names because I know in about 20 minutes you're going to be on Friday and just blazing through them. Yeah, because it's gonna the timer is going to say seven hours and 43 minutes. <laughs> I was actually really tempted to flop, uh, flip flop uh, Hauser and Lopez in this one. Um, I think it's a case where if you're chasing a win, you're probably still in your best interest to, to start Lopez. Uh, the stuff, it, like, he can be good enough to survive here. I think it's questionable for that reason. I don't think I'm leaning start, but uh, I understand that there are situations where you can start him. Okay. Uh, it's a shame that Herman Marquez kind of is, uh, you know, limping in. Uh, not limping in. Coming Slider to and Curlball has not been as good lately, and it's cores and it's the Dodgers, and it's just, ah, I know you can do this, but it's tough. Yeah, six run runs against Washington over four innings with one walk and one strikeout. Brutal. Uh, it was nice to see kind of tangentially. I think Michael Simeon, SP streamer, had a nice, a very interesting poll about, hey, guys, Luis Castillo, are you starting him against the Dodgers? I voted yes. I think if you have him, you kind of live by him, you die by him. And then he dominated. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And he's in the do not start, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's yeah, going sure against Pittsburgh. Does. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, hopefully, he can continue that. Of course, it is inside of Cincinnati, but who cares? It's against Pittsburgh. You should be good there. Um, the do not start, I have Kyle Hendricks going yeah, against the Twins. I think at this point, anyone that has rostered Hendricks, it's a Dennis, where he had that one good start against uh, Giants, and then it didn't continue. So if you don't know Dennis, it's a downward trend. And you have that one star that looks like it's coming back, and then it doesn't anymore. Uh, it's named Dennis from 30 Rock, who shows up but doesn't last long. Uh, and uh, it's just not what you want for Kyle Hendricks right now. So I would not start him against the Twins. Tyler McGill at Boston. That's kind of self-evident. These are some of the other do-not-starts from here. Logan Allen, Kansas City, Merrill Kelly, Atlanta, Josiah Gray at Miami. It should be perfect. It should just I be know. perfect. It really should. And you can't do it. It's just not no. clicking for him at the moment. No. It really isn't. It's just so sad because I watch. I'm going to get so excited about the start, but then it's going to be a Dennis or something like that. You know, he's going to do great. And then not the rest of the year. I don't know. Just he can't do it. He hasn't. He's been demolished by like Pittsburgh and uh, he can't. Now, there is nothing in your being that says, you know what? If I'm going to take a risk on Wednesday, let me have it be with the guy who has a 31% CSW, a 3.59 ERA, and a 1.23 whip over 82 and two-thirds innings in Alex Cobb against Houston. Nothing there for you? No, I mean, there's maybe something. He's in the middle of the tier. But uh, mm. he didn't throw too many pitches against the White Sox, just 66. Uh, so that doesn't mean – that generally means like 75 or so. You generally add 10 per start. Sometimes you go 15. Um, but that's not too encouraging, uh, especially against the powerful Houston offense. I can't really see much more than five innings unless it's, he's incredibly efficient. So I'm avoiding this. All right. To wrap up Wednesday in the do not start list, we're looking at stripling at Tampa Bay, miles, Michaelis at Milwaukee, Michael Walker, Toronto, will crow at Cincinnati, Nabil Krismet at the giants, who I believe is still probably being utilized in more of a starter role. Correct. He's not going uh, too long. No, he's not. No, none of these yep. guys at the bottom are. I mean, Kiki Nakin will be harmful. Uh, but yeah, Casey minus well, three innings and then... Nabil, Nabil Chrisman is being pulled purposefully. Keegan Aiken will not go long because of sheer ineffectiveness. That's why. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Thanks for the reminder. Of course, um, let's... <laughs> I don't know if you saw the Keegan Thompson uh, roundup where I said that Keegan was Aiken. 
<laughs> and then he might get the sack Thompson or something like that. I, I, I combined it in two. It was good. Yeah, that really you. makes me make my I fandom feel better. Now, Jay Jaffe had a good article today on Fangraphs about how it is nice to be an Orioles fan right now because we're playing spoiler. And it is a lot of fun to play spoiler, especially to the New York Yankees. Um, moving on to Thursday, uh, auto starts easy peasy. Lemon Squeezy, Corbin Burns, Max Scherzer, Lance Lynn, Lance McCullers, Charlie Morton, Adam Wainwright, Logan Webb, Dylan Cease, and Aaron Nola. Teeny little tiny tier in the probable starts in Sonny Gray and James Caprillion. Now, here's the thing about James Caprillion, a little, 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 little interesting here. I'm a little scared because he goes to the, they, they're going to put him in the bullpen. Dalton Jeffries gets hurt. And then they say, guess what? James Caprillion, you're back. He is on an innings limit, but Oakland's still fighting for that second wild card spot in the run for it. So you're just kind of taking that risk because he's going up against Seattle. I mean, if he's starting that game, which it looks like he is at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, just he's certainly it. good enough to do it. It's interesting. Actually, his, uh, he showed up with his curveball last start. Normally it's fastball slider. And all of a sudden the curveball was good. And I was like, all right. He barely even threw any sliders. And I, I even checked, like, are they misclassifying? No, no, those are the curveballs. Um, very interesting. It's against the Mariners. I think it would work if he is starting. You make a good point that maybe this is four innings or so. Maybe they do limit him in this one. Uh, at the very least, I don't think you're you're going to start this and feel like he hurt you uh, for your day. So should be fine. Uh, the next little tier here, Yusei Kikuchi at Oakland, Steven Matz at Minnesota, Aaron Savale coming off a really, really nice start against the Yankees. You're saying questionable against the White Sox. Yeah, I, that was a start where nothing was electric, but everything helped. If I may, because Please. this cracked this cracked me up. He yeah. didn't pick up more than three, three. whiffs yeah, on, on any pitch. Yep. But yeah. he threw all six pitch types over 10 times. And, guess and what? that to me is amazing. And guess what? He threw the least amount of all of them. Sinker? Curveball. His Curveball. best pitch. <laughs> yeah, it was a wild kind of kitchen sink approach oh, day. Okay. That's what he does. I mean, that that's kind of the Savali way these days, right? Uh, yeah. there, there was a moment... I was really hoping he would turn kind of like Jordan Montgomery, where Jordan Montgomery does uh, curveball changeup sinker or cutter. Uh, Savali kind of gets in these grooves of curveball cutter fastball almost. Um, but no, really, it's been like here's a slider, here's, here's a changeup, proper splitter. I mean, it's just it's a lot. Uh, and maybe it works against the White Sox. Uh, we've seen at times the White Sox are worse against righties than lefties. Savali will certainly be able to go deeper than your average starter. I I understand if you want to chase something that you might want to go with Savali. So at least he has the opportunity. I will say this is a seven inning game. Yeah. And in general, I've seen that seven inning games lower the average inning total for the starter because it just means that this the bullpen can be used sooner. Um, you might think, oh, you want to see the bullpen? Like, no, no, that's not how people treat it at all. They just think we got to win this game, and now this fifth inning is the seventh inning, so we're going to start doing that. Yeah. With Savali, though, yeah, I, I get the that, feeling yeah. that they'll just kind of be like, whatever, just go pitch, man. <laughs> there is so. something deeply poetic to Savale and Plezak being back-to-back, but one being in questionable, the other being in do not start just because they were such a part of our offseason rankings really and who's going to perform yeah. better, and now here they are. Um, so please that kicks off our do not start against the White Sox going in that double header that day. One thing I, I, I'm I'm curious to hear from you to put you on the spot a little bit. Who are you taking earlier next year between oh, those two? 
Because uh, I, I don't, while I didn't believe in Zach Plezak last year, I also don't believe he's a high four ERA pitcher. He's four, five, nine right now. So high four is a little liberal, but I do, I do have more confidence that if, if one of these two were to really unlock for a full season, it would be Plezak more than Savali. Okay. Um, we've seen blips of Plezak's, like each of Plezak's arsenal really excel. That is, there, there is a time when the changeup works. There's a time when the slider's killing. He actually has this new curveball that's helped out against lefties. There are times when he's all right with just his heater. And we've seen all of those different moments. We just really haven't seen a cohesive attack mm. with all of them. And then consistently from start to start, that happen. With Savali, I generally do not go after kitchen sink, guys. Um, I'm someone that, you know, I, I see something like Blake Snell where he condenses his approach and dominates Robbie Ray. And that that is a more common um, and tangible element or, or approach to pitchers that can really shoot them up the ranks. Right. And, and make them these elite pitchers. Kitchen sink guys. I remember when people got really into Jordan Yamamoto because he was a kitchen. Sink <laughs> oh, guy. yeah. Um, and I'm not comparing Savali to that. Obviously, Savali is way better. Uh, but just to get a sense of just because you have a lot of options is it's generally not even that great of a thing. Uh, you really want, you know, it, it's actually like the world now uh, where you used to be, hey, I am a doctor. Hi, yeah. doctor here. Now you're a specialist. You're an ophthalmologist. You know, it's it's all about the, the world of specialties. Great. Right. Here we go again. Nick ranting about specialized medicine. Nick, yes. I won't have you do this on the podcast. Specialized <laughs> talents. Be good. At I one told thing. you. So Nick yeah. goes on these rants about ophthalmologists yeah, and podiatrists <laughs> and he hates them. But that's the point. So you don't want you don't want the breadth of repertoire. You want it, you know, more specialized to being good at three things, essentially, as a pitcher. And I think police has a higher chance of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I hear where you're coming from. With I don't that. think I'm getting any either next year, honestly. Well, I don't know. I don't know where Plezak's going to go next year. I imagine everyone's going to consider the fact that he's going to bounce back pretty hard. Who was that one pitcher for Cleveland who's really, really good, and we haven't seen him in forever? Shane Bieber. Oh come yeah, back. that's right. He exists. That's right. Yeah. Shane Bieber. He's supposed to come back this week. Oh man, I feel. I do feel for all the people who rostered Bieber. It's just that's brutal. That um. Fun. Other people in the do not start, uh, we're looking at Jose Suarez. We're looking at Kyle Freeland. It stinks that he gets the Dodgers because he has actually been the pretty effective. The came back. They it looked great back. against the Nats. Yeah. It's like homeward bound. You see the Golden Retriever show up and you're just so happy. Exactly. Well, great. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> You've been holding that for 25 years fast. Yeah, exactly. Oh, is this the week we finally watch homeward bound, Dave? Um some other starters in the do not start list, Michael Pineda, Madison Bumgarner. I was at the Patrick Corbin, Kyle Freeland start and boy, oh boy, did I belly laugh when the first two pitches from him were a double and a home run uh, in that game in cores uh, in, in, in uh, nationals park. Excuse me. I took my niece uh, and she said, is that a pitcher? And I said, no, yeah, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> just no, kidding. that's a rodeo clown. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, do not start. Connor Overton, Vince Velasquez against the Giants, Zach Lothar against Texas, which stinks because he does have upside, but a lot of volatility there. And Spencer Howard against the Spencer Orioles. Howard has yet to go like 60 pitches in a game. Man, I, it's, it's so, the weirdest thing to me. You know, it is very interesting to me. I don't, I'm curious to see what 
if any, that development looks like because such a highly touted prospect. Like in the Phillies, the Phillies are like, all right, we're only going to throw you for three innings. Yeah. And then he gets traded to Texas and we go, oh, finally, someone will actually like, oh, no, never mind. You're still only going about 60 pitches. And I just don't get it. I don't understand why. I don't understand why he's throwing all of a sudden just four seamers and not really throwing changeups or sliders anymore. It's it's very, very strange. I, I'm just thinking back to I remember distinctly like walking the streets of, of Williamsburg many moons ago in 2015 <laughs> when what? What I was walking at? the streets of Williamsburg. <laughs> many I, can, I can see you with a little cane twirl as you go. <laughs> yeah, please. I'm sorry. Yeah, my my pince nez and my monocle, uh, or, or that, that would be two forms of glasses. So I don't even know why I said that. Anyway, um, thinking about yeah, that's what I do. I wear two focals. Um, the 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 you know my kick recently is how pitchers are developed inside of organizations, and thinking about that Ken Giles trade, right? Uh, and thinking about who came over in the trade and thinking about how exciting Vince Velasquez was as a prospect. And now he's gone. They finally cut bait with him earlier this year. That was also, of course, the Mark Appel trade. And he's making a comeback, which is also very exciting, but of course didn't pan out the way that people thought that he was going to pan out. Other people in that trade, it included Thomas Eshelman, <laughs> uh, Brett Oberholzer oh and Harold gosh. Arouse. But just thinking about how Spencer Howard is another guy for them. That just didn't pan out going to another organization in the Rangers where have don't really have a great track record of establishing pitching uh, and just not knowing what he's going to be in the years moving forward. Um, anyway, let's move on to Friday and the auto starts Kershaw, Otani, Cole, Giolito, Montes, Freed and Barrios. Uh, now we're going to move into the probable starters. Logan Gilbert first against the Angels. Just that that Angels start there. That that well, you all... no, Gilbert. Gilbert's okay. The, when he was going through that that struggle, uh, fastball wasn't as good, and the slider was gone. Um, now the velocity is back up on the fastball, but the slider's been much better recently. And yes, yeah, Angels, go for it. All right. Uh, I dig that Wade Miley at Washington. Uh, what what prevents you from making him a, just an auto start? Miley, three of his last four starts have been bad, um, mm. and we've seen September collapses from Wade Miley before. Oh lordy, good seasons. I will mention two of those three starts. I uh, were Coors and the Dodgers, so I I'm still having him in the probable start despite the recent track record, but still there is a little bit more caution. At the moment, inside of Cincinnati uh, for Miley. All right. Uh, Eric Lauer, been very effective recently, especially with that heater. He How would you know? <laughs> I, I, was, I can't believe I was able to stream him. I mean, he had that. Oh, I streamed him for that 8K game against Cleveland, which was obviously great. Before that, he hadn't struck out more than six. But I he hasn't given up more than three earned runs in, in many moon. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's yeah. pretty shocking. The fastball cutter combination has just been working for him. So uh, it's the Mets. The Mets aren't too scary. On the other side, it's Taiwan Walker throwing 95, and that's really good. So I guess I'll do that. And Kyle Gibson had a really nice slider. Double-digit whips finally on the slider in that Sunday night game. I mean, you watched it over and over again. Uh, Only because I, I made overlays for it. Of course he did. I did. Of course he did. <laughs> That's the only that's reason why, why you're watching the Sunday night game, right? Yeah, that's it. Nothing else. 
Um, you should have made overlays of John Cena stealing sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's brutal. Uh, but uh, but yeah, he gets the pirates next, and I think Gibson should be good for that. There is nothing about you. <laughs> that, that's it. That's a sentence. There is nothing about you. There's nothing about you, uh, uh, you Darvish, and that start against the Cardinals with He's nine. a cherry bomb. This is, I think, uh, Max Bay put out a, a good tweet, Choice Field, if you don't know him, um, who helps, uh, you know, create the, you know, the stuff plus and command He's plus. Really stuff showed. To- yeah. It's, 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 if you haven't, if you're not following him, I don't know why you're not. It's, it's amazing. And he's a great account. I uh, shows the volatility of command um, from, from start to start for Darvish and just kind of affirms a lot that we're feeling that he is a cherry bomb, right? Um, I've seen a lot of his starts and there are days when the cutter is going where it needs to and the fastball is where it is and all that stuff. And it, it's just that's, I, I've just internalized that you Darvish is a cherry bomb. So questionable start against a team that will punish him in, in Atlanta. It stinks because uh, he worked so hard, in my opinion, to finally get away from that label. You know what yeah. I mean? He was that for so many years. Then all of a sudden, that historic second half in 2018, I think it was, uh, maybe 2019. I think it was 2019. It was 2019 because then 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's just a shame. Um, Zach Greinke really not getting it done against the Diamondbacks yesterday. Uh, and now he's going up against Oakland. So you put him in the questionable start category. Yeah, I mean Oakland is Oakland is a dangerous team, but they're not exceptional, and they also have their bad moments. So <clears throat> he's a Toby Granky essentially, and yeah, he has two starts left against the Athletics. I imagine one of them will be good, and one of them will not. Don't know which one. You also have Luis Patino going up against Miami, but then you have how many tests does Tony Disco need to pass before that man earns your it's trust? Coors, man, and he didn't really do that great against Coors last time, so. Quality? No, I didn't get the quality start. He only went nope. four and a third, but still <laughs> he's not giving up more than three. Listen, man, not more than three earned runs against Atlanta, LA, Colorado and Coors, San Diego, and Atlanta again. It's been brutal know. for him. You know, and I and I, I I've recognized that. It's been a terrible schedule for him, but that doesn't mean that I am now going to throw him in Coors. We all recognize Coors is like the worst place to pitch. I know. I know, but the, what I'm thinking is if it's a Thursday, if it's a Friday, I guess, you know. I, it's I, questionable. I always... There are scenarios where you'd start him, and there's a lot of scenarios where you wouldn't. All right. All right. Do not start Dakota Hudson at the Cubs. Jay Happ at the Cubs. Did you realize Pavetta. that's Dakota Hudson? Are you just going to go past that? No. Why? Why does it matter? When's the last time you saw Dakota Hudson pitch? I I distinctly remember your pure abhorrence of that man. There's no reason like he was like he was like the was he like the Babip darling where it was like, how does this keep happening? Right. I mean, he did. He had like a three year ray or something through the entire season. All I'm saying, Dakota Hudson's coming back. That's kind of cool. I'm like, oh, man, I didn't even think he was going to pitch this year. Uh, He goes against the Cubs, which is a really bad offense. Now, the only question is, is he going to go five innings or not uh, in this double header? It's seven. But uh, there's a, there's a chance that Dakota Hudson does well here on a winning ball club in the Cardinals, and don't want to ignore it. That's all. Hasn't he pitched a bunch recently? Dakota Hudson is making his return. Oh, okay. I'm getting confused. Okay. Um, but that's still to make your return. Isn't this in theoretically a, a year long still ill? So that means do not start. But then why do I even got to talk about him? Because he's better than Justin Steele on the other side. Sorry, Justin Steele. Yeah, on the other side. It really deserves that. Um, 
Nick Pavetta. So also, a do not start. I mean, Eli Morgan, really nice start against the He's Yankees. He's a cherry bomb. He's back a cherry bomb in a situation against the White Sox. Yeah, he's done he's it against Milwaukee, New York, and oh no, Milwaukee was the brutal one. New York and Boston were the good ones. He's 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 legitimately a cherry bomb, just on a different scale than Darvish. So that's so, it's shocking. We've made it. How many years have we done this podcast? Four, five, five. Fast. <clears throat> five year anniversary earlier this year. It's shocking hey. that you don't have like a sound clip for. Hey, look at us. Look at us. You don't have a you don't have a clip for you know cherry. I I haven't. I okay. So I should for the. For the board, by the way, guys, fast is in Baltimore. If you haven't noticed yet, uh, or you're in Maryland, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't have my soundboard. I should I should get one for online stuff, and I'll yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll figure something with Cherry Bomb. <laughs> you should find one of those old soundboards people used to make prank calls with. That's just uh, people's voices and stuff. They used to be on like E Bombs World, like an Arnold. Oh yeah, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that's the <laughs> yeah, one you're thinking exactly. of. Yeah, there's yeah, a we'll David a Lee Roth podcast. one that's so good. No, really? Yeah, there's one. Uh, it's, it's all of his stuff from Running with the Devil. <clears throat> oh, it's that amazing. Uh, Chris Bubich at Detroit. Paulo Espino, pretty good. Not it gets bad, Miami and Cincinnati. Rocky Road, and this is at Cincinnati. Yeah. Jordan Lyles at Baltimore, Zach Davies, St. Louis, Tarek Skubal, Kansas City, Edward Cabrera, Tampa Bay, Bailey Ober at Toronto, Max Cranick coming off a really nice start, but I believe it was against Three the Marlins. runs in five innings. Okay. Man. <laughs> Get some more. Salty. Runs. Salty. Justin I mean, Steele. He's not so bad, you know. Uh, it's like 94 on the fastball, a decent slider, and like maybe there's something in the future, but. Yeah, and you can't say Justin Steele without doing it. <laughs> you got to do it right. The way you said it, dude, just made it sound like, listen, man, I just I, I got to work on my own stuff. That Maybe there's something in the future, but I just can't be with you right now. Like, that's uh, it feels like you're breaking up with Max Kranick. Am I off there? No? Oh, I see what you're saying. I was like, this is how I say Justin's name? What? <laughs> no, 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 no. You were like, maybe there's something in the future, but uh, it's just oh, really yeah. not in the cards for us right now. Um, Humberto Castellanos at the Dodgers, obviously. Alexander Wells, that's a pitcher for the Orioles. Texas and Peter Lambert at the Giants. <clears throat> Let's move on to Saturday. In the auto oh, yeah, by the way, that, that Lambert starts in Coors even, and he's returning finally, and that's just, oh, no. I'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about that lamb. It's uh, it's terrible. Okay. Uh, I, I like that. Uh, uh, I have no pun. I, I was thinking silence. We, we, we have, we're over an hour fast. We have two more days left, and we're over an hour. You yelled at me about going too fast. I'm taking it slower. <laughs> You're the one who's love got it. the Shane Baz pitch breakdown tonight. So make love sure it. you. No, it's it's going to be. It's going to be actually a video tomorrow morning. Oh, I'm doing the, the, you know the normal pitcher video breakdowns I do on YouTube. I'm going to do a full one for, for all all innings for Shane Baz. I feel like that's the best way of doing it. I like it a lot. Um, okay. Auto start. Robbie Ray at Minnesota. Sandy Alcantara. Freddie Peralta. Carlos Rodon, auto start at Cleveland. Anything oh, yeah. in there make you want to get a probable start? Wait, oh, so he's not making his start in two days against Detroit. They're waiting until Cleveland. This is what this is what we have right now. We don't know. It's all weird. It could be Ronaldo that that start. We just the White Sox are in such a weird situation where they could be going six man with Ronaldo. They could not. They could do lots of things. So just monitor the situation. Obviously, if Carlos Rodon just started him when he goes. Yeah, they said he's going to make two more starts this year. That's it, Rodon. Yeah, that, so that would know. be this and then the one after. One time. Yeah, one time next week. I imagine they would probably want to, 
Yeah, you're right. Give him a few extra days rest because they're going to need him in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Um, Waskari Noah and Nathan Ivaldi, the other auto starts. Moving into the probable starts, Ranger Suarez, at uh, not at Pittsburgh, but going against Pittsburgh. John Means, Texas, Sean Manaya, Houston, Carlos Carrasco uh, at Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, Suarez has just been killing it against Pittsburgh. You're going to do that. John Means against Texas. I feel a lot better about that, even though it is Camden. Uh, mm-hmm. John Means has he's done all right. He's done fine. We haven't seen the the primo John Means, but he had his velocity back last time. And speaking of velocity, Sean Manaya, ninety three point seven on the sinker. He just needs to get the curveball and change it down a bit. But even against Houston, I like the chance that he can pull out on top there. And Carlos Carrasco against the Brewers, he finally had his changeup and slider back, which is really cool. But the Brewers are a little bit scary, so there is some danger there. Uh, there's always some danger. You know what I mean? But I we live on so the much. edge. We, we live on the edge. Honestly, we're living on the edge. That's, um, that's like my favorite Aerosmith song, maybe. That is it really? Emotion. Yeah. Sweet two. Emotion, yeah, is, is tough. I never really got into their full oeuvre, but Sweet Emotion is... You you hear, I remember being a kid and hearing Sweet Emotion and then uh, What's It Called came out, Don't Want to Miss a Thing, and just thoroughly, as a child, being unable to comprehend that those were that was the yeah, same person. Yeah, right, right. Didn't make any sense. Not at all. Um, uh, questionable starts, Ryan Yarbrough. Tyler, Ty, Ryan Yarbrough against Miami, so that's kind of yeah, bumping him up to the Friday questionable. Pirate who just... Uh, he had some troubles against some good teams and then he yeah he threw six innings against uh, the tigers yeah she, she should be fine shiba shiba should hey, be fine <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's yep. the uh what is no. the name of that character should be whiff Edith? no the whiff the whiff whiz <laughs> yeah there he Every, is what, like this, that's three straight podcasts we've mentioned the whiff whiz the notion of a of a of a small child dressed in large wizard wo- robes oh coming to a pool party that no one wanted him at saying his name is the whiff whiz will never not be funny to me okay so is this something like in every podcast now we're just gonna have to f- find a way to sneak in the words whiff whiz oh yeah 100 percent. yeah there we go it, we're yeah. three in right now we've committed to this bit yeah, I am. I, I really am such a big fan of this bit, uh, especially because <laughs> it just made my boy laugh so much. And that's what I'm here to do. Um, Tyler Anderson at the Angels, Nestor Cortez Jr. at Boston, Jaime Berea at Seattle, Shane Bieber coming in at a questionable against the White Sox just because you don't know what you're going to get. You really don't. I uh, he was a product of sticky stuff, too, that we thought. And we don't really know where he's at now. Also, don't know how many innings he's going to throw. There's a lot. He threw four innings, what I saw, in the uh, in their last rehab. So if he does start in this game, it might be five. The White Sox are good. There's just a lot of questions here. And it's a very interesting group of guys. You have like Tyler Anderson, the king of the topies, essentially, going against the Angels. While you have Nestor Cortez Jr. against Boston. He's been so good, but Boston's mm. really good, too. So you have the risk, you have the, the risk reward of Anderson and Cortez there. Jaime Berea, who's been, who's not as good as Suarez. I always get them confused. Like Jose Suarez and Jaime Berea just kind of shoved together a lot. And Berea is the worst of the two, but it is Seattle. I think I'm okay with it. Uh, Shane Beamer, again, as we just mentioned, is this weird mix of, uh, we don't really know what the mystery box holds. While Tony Gonsolin goes against Arizona, had his slider back recently, followed Kershaw, was okay. Uh, and it could work out. I don't really know how long he'll go for. And then yeah, Jake Rizzi against the A's. Uh, the Astros have won a lot of games, and Odorizzi has gone comfortably five a lot. 
So that could work out as well. So with Tony Gonsolin, I think we're hoping for five innings. We don't really know, though. Yeah, it was. And it was against Arizona, too. So that could be a fun, like, uh, pay attention to see if maybe there's some news about how many innings he gets since it's Saturday right. and see if you can you can gobble him up. Uh, put some respect on Willie Peralta's I name. I, that I did. Man. I put him at the top. I put him at the top of do not start fast. That is unbelievable. After shutting out the Rays, he's at the top of do not start against Kansas City, followed by Zach Gallen against the Dodgers. John Gray, Jake Woodford Reserve at Chicago, Jackson Cower, man. It just stinks because there's so much upside, but he just another guy in Kansas City not getting it done. We we okay, we got we gotta slow down for a second. So Zach Gallen against the Dodgers. Fastball was has been everything for him suddenly, and it's annoying mm-hmm. because he has such a good deep arsenal. Uh curveball cutter, changeup, all exceptional when he was on at his peak in 2019, 2020. And recently <clears> the only <throat> thing that's worked is that four seamer. So uh, it, it could all of a sudden click for him at some point. I'm really interested in him for 2022 coming back around past winter. We'll figure it out. Hopefully hit the reset button for now. You got to sit him against the Dodgers. So too risky. John Gray, I, whatever, do whatever decision you guys want. He's always thinking the Giants and cores. It just seems too scary for me. Jake Woodford, you called him Woodford Reserve. Mm-hmm. Is that a whiskey? Is that right? Yeah, it's my dad's favorite. Gotcha. I call him the Amish Mustang because it's a wooden <laughs> Ford. <laughs> um and uh so just so we're clear that but the reason that he's this high i guess against the cubs is be- is i can imagine a scenario where woodford goes five mm-hmm. and then he gets a win against the cubs so uh, consider that jackson kowar i know there's that there's one good start and then he went against the orioles we had high csw marks everything was above like 37 percent. he just got unlucky against your boys and he hasn't jumped back since the talent is there, but I really don't, you know, this is a massive risk and you shouldn't start that. When you throw, if you're Woodford and you throw four innings and you still don't beat your whiff total for the day, then uh, there's something going on. He, he had three whiffs in that four innings. And I was oh, like, man, uh, yeah, not yeah, great. That, that's, that's rough. He doesn't deserve the whiskey name. So you're right. The Amish uh, Mustang, Mustang is better. Yes. Uh, AJ Alexi at Baltimore. Vladimir Gutierrez, Washington. The fastball uh, command is just so bad it, right now. Yeah, it I hasn't looked. It. He hasn't looked the same. Uh, Eric Fettuccini, Alfredo at Cincinnati. Don't, don't trust, trust the feds. Fed unless just... it rhymes with Darlins. <laughs> That, that, that's, that is the dumbest and best pictureless <laughs> shirt ever. Like, I would, would love to have someone wear a shirt that says, don't trust the feds unless it rhymes with Darlins. And people just be like, what is this? Like, literally, <laughs> what, what is this? Um, Dominique Leone at Colorado. Uh, that was a proud moment of mine last week where you're like, do you remember Dominique Leone or do you even know who that is? And I was like, yeah, former reliever for the Cardinals. Um, John Gant. I'm, I'm proud of you every single day fast <laughs> uh, sorry guys we had to take a break because i wept for 20 <laughs> minutes um and the final pitcher i actually am a little bit shocked that you're not willing to take more of a chance on this guy uh and that's tbd padres <laughs> starting pitcher uh <laughs> we like don't Katie know who threw be. two innings the other, <laughs> the other day <laughs> uh oh, let's go man. into the final we, day okay, of we got the, the week. final day fast we're, we're here we're here. Yeah. It's, it's an hour so and what? 10 minutes. I'm just saying. We I'm made going it. slow. 
I know. I'm glad. I'm, I'm, this is what I've wanted for years. I, I miss the days of the an hour and forty five minute pods with you. No, I, miss I, 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 I'm. It's against my being. No one wants to listen to us for that long. And I'm not. I don't care how many responses I get on Twitter. You're lying to me. Uh, you're all listening to us on two times speed anyway. So who cares? Sure. So there fast. you go. Why not? So what's what's another fifteen minutes? Just seven and a half, right? Oh, see, I go the other way where it's like, well, I'll speed up so that you don't have to do it. My that's my biggest pride and joy when people are like, I don't speed up your first pitch podcast because I'm oh, man. speak it's as fast a, as possible. It's a um, fast pitch, but just so you guys know, um, I haven't. I I don't think I've said it on this. I think I've said it on Twitch. I uh, we're gonna have. We're going to change the podcast a little bit next year, um, just so you're not completely out of, uh, I don't know, taking it back. Um, fast, I don't think you're going to do the fast pitch next year. Probably uh, not, but because uh, yeah. I will not be in New York anymore. So Right. Uh, and I'm not going to be doing the first pitch either. Someone will be doing it. We'll be doing it. It'll be coming out earlier. Uh, however, I will be doing... The only, the only exclusive content that's for PO Plus, and that's uh, my own podcast, Monday through Friday morning, called the Plus Pitch Podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be talking all about starting pitchers and everything like that. So we might have a few other surprises. So really, really enjoy the last four fast pitch podcasts that you get. It won't be the last four. I'm sure I'll pop in every yeah. once in a while. Uh, moving on to Sunday, there's also more surprises coming, of course, for PL7. Oh, uh, my God, so Brandon Woodruff, Julio Arias, Alec Manoa, Shane McClanahan, all auto starts. Yes. Uh, Tyler Molly once again in Cincinnati, so therefore as a probable start against right, Washington. Look at you. Look at you. Uh, Joe Musgrove at uh, Atlanta. Uh, Kevin Gassman at Coors. Got that splitter back in that last I know, start. I know. I'm, I, it's just that it's Coors, man. It's Coors. I don't know. Of Marco Gonzalez, <laughs> he gets bumped up from questionable. <laughs> uh, he gets bumped up from questionable start to probable start because he's going up against your least favorite team in baseball, the Angels. Well, I mean, I love um, them, but they're not a good offense at all. All right. And then questionable, we're starting with Framber Valdez at Oakland. Just not trusting that he's fully healthy and not trusting that offense. He's also been shaking himself. Uh, Sinker has not been able to get through things. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> fast! <laughs> fast! What did you just do? I shook myself. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um. Anyway, um. Forever Valdez's sinker has not been as good as we've wanted it to be lately, and he, yeah, he hasn't really been a SP two, SP three. He's been more of kind of a SP four, SP five kind of guy, and against Oakland, that that can be a very troubling outing. So on a Sunday, you may not want to start Forever Valdez. Jordan Montgomery at Boston. So frustrating. He had his change up in curveball like so good against your O's. And this, this will be a second start, but I don't know if it's really going to be there for them. Then we have Tristan McKenzie at the White Sox. Brady Singer, who I think would be coming back. He got scratched came in back his last turn. He he's back come back today. He's come back. Uh, and by the way, I, I'm pointing this out right away after this one. I'm going to wait until Tuesday morning. This is coming out because people need this for Tuesday. Yeah, it starts right uh, now. <laughs> I know what that is. Oh, I no. Love that video. I love oh, that man. video. I just feel it bad. It starts right now. <laughs> I just feel bad for him. You know, oh, he's trying to like. Uh, <laughs> oh, fast. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you? 
I say that all the time. I say that all the time. Why did you do this? Oh, where did we lose this podcast? Nick and I have had very long days. We're so tired. We love you so much. We have to finish this. Rich Hill at Milwaukee. (laughs) Oh, Brady Singer at Detroit. Right now. (laughs) <laughs> I think he'll be good enough for the Tigers. Yeah, Eduardo Rodriguez against the Yankees. It's not the Mets, so it's a little bit more dangerous. Uh, John Lester against the Cubs, not Milwaukee, so he's in the questionable start tier. Oh, Brady Singer went already today. I didn't know this oh, game did was that so already early. happen? Yeah, seven innings do? pitched, two earned runs, uh, six go. hits, one walk, seven Ks at Cleveland. So you should Ooh. feel all right about this. Just McKenzie Tristan, on the other side. Yeah, the uh, four and the, a third, seven earned runs. I saw. Wow. I guess that's my lead today. Three home runs. What would be the uh, the roundup title if you love with Tristan McKenzie? Um, Tristan McCrappy. <laughs> I can't <laughs> stop I know, it. This please, isn't this isn't you. I know. Man. I'm just so out of it. Um, all right, let's wrap this up. My Tokyo is going to kill me. Rich I would Hill. Say Trist issues is probably what I would do. Oh, that's nice. That's good. Yeah. Um, pay me the big bucks fast. Tristan McCrappy is kind of good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best genuine laugh you've gotten for me today oh man okay uh rich hill erod and john lester to wrap out the uh questionable starts here yeah and the do not start see we got alec mills against the the cardinals at the top of it but the cardinals have been better than you know we had the cardinal rule in the middle of the summer but that's pretty much done so uh you have jesus lazardo has had some some nice moments but it's not as stable as we want it to be, and the Rays are good. So we got to be careful there. And there's Antonio Sensatella against the Giants. I mean, fast. It's like, what do you would you start Antonio Sensatella right now? No, not at all. Right, but he's been doing well. It's annoying. I don't care. <laughs> wow. That I wouldn't really do it. impressive. Thanks. That was... <laughs> uh, 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 Dane Dunning, Matt Manning. <laughs> you got Packy there. Naughton. Chris Ellis. I was thinking if I wanted to do more Scottish, I didn't. Dallas Keuchel, back where he should be. Uh, Griffin Jacks, Humberto Mejia. These are all guys you could just get. Mitch Keller, Paul Blackburn, Josh Rogers at Cincinnati, Adonis Medina. If you have to rely on a Gene Segura stall on base, you're going to be starting some of these guys. Wow, we brought it full circle. I screamed, what's his name? Eli Morgan Uh, and Willie Peralta. No, 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 no. Also, Yanni Hernandez, I believe his name is, uh, the second third baseman utility player for the Rangers because he has had six stolen bases in the past two weeks, uh, and I couldn't get one. Couldn't get one no, from him. Didn't. No, didn't. Uh, I believe you went 0 for 4 uh, against <laughs> Lucas Giolito. You can't steal first fast. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm really sorry for that, everyone. Friends, ah. noblemen. Countrymen, we did it. We have we have two more official OTCs left mm-hmm. uh, for the season. There's the next week we'll do exactly the same thing again in all of our delirium, uh, and then uh, and then after that, I'm going to do the top 100. Actually, it might be top 150. We might split it into two casts. We don't know. We're thinking about it. I think we should, but oh, we can let people decide. I think I think yeah. it'll be best to split it up so we can really focus on the people, but. Uh, right. Yeah, that's what we got planned for the next two or three weeks. We're also probably going to sprinkle in some talking about the playoffs. Very exciting playoff race at the moment, uh, which also links to another maybe exciting podcast announcement that we have for you at some point later on. We call that a tease. But at the moment, <laughs> that's going to do it for episode number 276 of On the Corner, the official 
Pitchless.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys next week.